thanks for connecting with our online content at Holy Trinity Church in Richmond. We really hope that what we share with you will be a blessing and will help you to continue to grow in your knowledge and love of God. thinking about what psalm to speak on today, I had lots of possibilities. It's Waitangi Day, it's AAW Sunday, and it's the 70th anniversary of the accession of our Queen, Queen Elizabeth, to the throne. I considered all of these, but important as they are, I kept coming back to one word, and that was praise. And do you know that in our English translations of the psalm, the word praise occurs over 200 times. And not only that, but the psalmist announces his intention to praise the Lord over 150 times. There are three distinct sections of praises, psalms within the book of Psalms, and it's a thread that runs through the whole book. So I thought before we left our summer psalm series, it would be good to look at some praise psalms. This morning I'm going to focus on one of the final group of praise psalms, that's Psalm 146, and we're going to explore why praise and worship is so important, why God is worthy of our praise, and what it means for us to praise God as individuals, as part of a church family, and within the community of creation. But before we do that, let's pray. Lord, take these words of mine and make them your words. Please use them to challenge and encourage us in our Christian walk. Draw us closer to yourself and renew us in your image, we pray, that we may be living witnesses of your grace and glory. Amen. I think Margaret's put up on the screen a sort of guide to where we're going today. We're going to look at a call to worship, um, in a personal sense, in a congregational sense, and in the context of creation. We're going to look at why praise is important, why we praise, who we praise, how we praise, and then finally, our destiny of praise. So first of all, a call to worship. Praise and worship is what we were created for, now and for eternity. As the psalmist says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And Psalm 146 begins with the call to worship. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Or bless the Lord. And when Lord is written in capital letters, as it is here, if you've got your Bibles there, it should be written in capital letters, if I've got that particular version. It means it's translating the word Yah, or Yahweh which is the one self-existent being, the source of all that is, the one eternal God who has always existed. It translates as something like, I am, or the one who is, who just is. But Yahweh is also the God who spoke to Moses 
heard the cries of his people in Egypt. He rescued them and entered into a covenant relationship with them. He is now their God, and they are his people. So all of this lies behind that simple encouragement to praise the Lord. We praise God for who he is and for all that he has done for us. And I say we because the verb is plural. The psalmist is calling on everyone to praise God. Most likely this psalm was used in the context of temple worship and the leader is calling on the whole congregation to praise their God. But the psalmist is also calling on each individual to follow his example in praising God. So he says, praise the Lord, praise the Lord my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. It is the psalmist's determined intent to praise God every day of his life. This is not a fleeting response made when we're caught up in some wonderful worship of praise, but it's a lifelong commitment on good days and bad. Listen to some verses which show us his heart cry, his joy and delight in praising his God. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. My heart, O oh God, is steadfast. I will sing and make music with all my soul. Awake, harp and lyre, I will awaken the dawn. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. Proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-string lyre and the melody of the harp. Morning and evening, the psalmist starts and ends his day with praise. We may not have the musical talent of the psalmist. I'm not sure I could play a ten-string lyre. But we can follow his example by starting the day with words of praise and at the end of the day, look back to count our blessings and to praise God. And a personal commitment to praise God daily is not just about me. Now, a few years ago, I went up on a course for worship leaders up to Auckland. And after a whole week of teaching and workshops and experimenting with many different ways of worship and musical styles and arrangements of chairs and all sorts of things, we concluded that the most important thing was people. The people were, if people were a worshipping people, the rest didn't matter. To enter fully into a time of worship, all that was needed was a group of worshippers. Our individual worship blended together to create something that was greater than its parts, and better together as the saying goes. You know, there are many things we can do on our own to pray or read the Bible, for example, but there is something special, something different about joining together to praise and worship God. So as we saw, praise the Lord is plural. We're all meant to join in. And that included more than singing because praise the Lord or bless the Lord can also mean make music to the Lord. Listen to some of these descriptions of worship and praise. 
clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. God has ascended amid shouts of joy. The Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipes. Praise him with a clash of cymbal. Praise him with resounding cymbal. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Doesn't sound very Anglican, does it? But I can remember times when we've had tambourines out. I can even remember times when we've had dancing. And maybe we have to revisit some of these things. Because our prayer book services start with a call to worship. And in the Book of Common Prayer, one of the reasons for gathering together is to set forth God's most worthy praise. So Psalm 100 says, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Praise is the key to entering into God's presence. When we worship, God draws near. We can meet with him, for he is enthroned on the praises of his people. And when we encounter God, we meet the one who can heal and deliver, save and bless. So the psalmist is acting as God's messenger, presenting God's invitation to enter in and draw near. You know, in the Bible, God's people sing when they are confronted with spiritual or physical battles, when they need God to break into seemingly impossible situations. Do you remember the story of Jehoshaphat? He and his army were vastly outnumbered. And when he asked God what to do, he was told to place singers at the front of the army. And as they advanced and began to sing and praise God, the opposing army started to fight amongst themselves. They killed each other off. And all that was left for Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat and his men to do was to carry off the plunder. When we worship, strongholds are broken down. And I like this quote from Martin Luther. He said, the devil hates a singing Christian. The devil hates a singing Christian. But Psalm 146 also reminds us that God is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. And throughout the Psalms, we see creation praising its creator. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. And in Psalm 148, the psalmist calls on mountains, hills, sea creatures, and much else to praise their creator. And in Revelation 5, we see the new creation continuing to praise God. But what is praise and why is it important? At one level, praise is our response to anything we find amazing, whether it's a beautiful sunset or a good cup of coffee. It's our expression of appreciation and delight in the object of our praise that we naturally want to share with others. I often call out to John when he's busy on the computer, to come and see a beautiful sunset. And that's what praise is like. Come and see how fantastic our God is. For God's people, God above all else, is the one we praise. St. Augustine wrote, 
Great are you, Lord, and worthy of high praise. You stir us up to take delight in your praise. For you have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless till it finds its rest in you. For Augustine, to be human is to long for God, a longing only fulfilled in the act of worshipping God. One cannot be fully human, he says, if one doesn't worship God. And some of you may know the Westminster Catechism, which says that the chief end of our, our chief end or purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. We are created to be worshippers. But who and what we worship is crucially important. In the first commandment, God states, you shall have no other gods before me. And Jesus himself told us, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And Paul, in Romans 1, spells out the terrible consequences of choosing to worship idols and created things rather than the creator. And in our culture, there are many things that people choose to put first in our lives. And we, at times, do the same thing. But God longs for us to sing to him because he knows that if we're not singing to him, we are singing to someone or something else. And that's not good. When we look at Psalm 146, we something, see something more of the God we worship. He's the one we can rely on. Unlike the capricious gods of the Greeks and Romans, he's faithful when looking after his people. And unlike human, human rulers, whose plans come to nothing when they die, or they're voted out of office, or they're sidelined by COVID, our God is eternal, and there will be a final writing of wrongs. Our God is a God of compassion and justice, and he is certainly worthy of our praise. Worship is also important because when we worship, we are putting everything back into its rightful place. We are exalting God as the highest place and placing his will and his ways above our own. Dave Bilbrow, who sings some of the songs sometimes, he wrote this. So as we declare who God is, we renew our minds with the truths of his character and power. That vision begins to work its way down into our daily lives, altering the way we interact with people, changing the way we see the world, and increasing our compassion for the lost and the poor. Because we see who God is, our witness is at his presence in the world. We begin to respond like Jesus by doing what the Father is doing. And this is what we see happening in Psalm 146. The psalmist praises God because he upholds the cause of the oppressed. He gives food to the hungry. He sets the prisoners free. He gives sight to the blind. He lifts up those who are bowed down. He loves the righteous. He watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. Such as straits, the ways of the wicked. And Jesus took that mantle upon him, as we read in Luke chapter 4. And we continue to do that work today. Remember a few weeks ago I quoted the words of Tom Wright, 
those who are put right with God through the cross are to be putting right people for the world. So we praise God for who he is, and because of who he is, we seek to serve him, not just in church on Sundays, but in our daily lives as we live in obedience to him. For some of us, that obedience will mean choosing to worship, even when things are not good with us. For some, it involves good old-fashioned discipline, good old-fashioned turning up week by week and lifting your voice in praise to God in worship. But this is what we were created for. It is our role now and for eternity. For worship is an eternal event. It transcends time, touching prehistory with the worship of God by legions of angels before God spoke the world into being. It's the worship of creation, the worship of the mountains, the rivers, the trees, and the birds of air here around New Zealand before ever humans landed in this place. And it is an eschatological event that takes us to the end of the present age and on into the next as we are gathered around the eternal throne, worshipping and enjoying God forever. Let's say together Revelation 5, 11 to 14. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000, 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the angels fell down and worshipped. You know, every so often in the Psalms we come across the word Selah. We don't really know what it means, but some people have suggested that it's a pause. Reflection. So I'm going to invite you to pause now and ask yourself the question What has God been saying to me? If you'd like to connect with more of our online content at Holy Trinity in Richmond, you can do that by going to our YouTube page simply by searching for Richmond Anglican Aotearoa. You can also touch base with us online at our website or on Facebook by searching with those same words. Friends, we're so thankful that you've joined us online and that you're enjoying our content. We really do hope and pray that God is blessing you through it. If you've got any feedback, you can touch base with me, zane at richmondparish.nz. Thanks so much for listening. Music